in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I have a amazing show today for you guys. I hope you got your seatbelts on. We're going to be talking about Steve Harvey's recent interview where he talks about his belief in there being many ways to heaven or many ways to God and what's interesting a couple of reasons why I want to play this interview for you guys and and give some commentary on it is because last show last episode if you haven't heard last episode you can listen to this one first but I want you to go back and listen to last episode if you haven't heard it because last episode I dealt with pursuing unity and love and so I really broke down what unity and love looks like from a biblical standpoint and I, and one of the key things that I talked about last show is how unity is not always a good thing but unity can actually be evil and offensive to God and so I think this interview that I'm about to share with you guys with featuring Steve Harvey is going to be an example of that. Another reason why I wanted to play this this interview is because I think Steve Harvey is representative or represents or is a good example of what I've witnessed in a lot of professing Christians because I believe if I'm not mistaken Steve Harvey at one time professed to be a Christian. And one thing I know for sure, he's most definitely catered to the Christian audience, a big part of his career, the black church in particular. And so what's funny is now not funny, um, but what's crazy to me and what's unfortunate now is his proclamation of faith now. And I want to share that with you guys and I want to break that down and do a little urban apologetics as it relates to that but listen before i get into that a question that i've been asking myself lately that i want you guys to ask yourself is what do we mean when we say keep god first because you don't want to be the person who confuses growing further from christ with maturing and i know i believe i made this point last episode but It's just been something that's been heavy on my heart. What do you mean when you say keep God first? Because a lot of times when we think that God is first in our lives, really, God is just a means to get us what we want. So it's not really God who is first or God is not really the object of our affection and our pursuit. But really, he's just a means to get us the things that we want. And so one of the observations I've made is I've watched people backslide. And listen, I'm not condemning anybody because I've been here before. And any of us can can become distracted and overtaken with the issues of life. The Bible says, for out of the heart flows the issues of life. And this is why it's so important to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean to our own understanding because any of us can become distracted. But I've watched people grow 
in their careers and and in their gifts and in their talents and 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 advance in the world but spiritually there was a dwindling there was a a, a getting away from Christ being the object of their affection and praise all the while I've, these people have said a oh, man keep God first but grind grind and pray like and, and there's nothing wrong with these type of uh, phrases or anything like that but what I want to encourage us and what I've been challenged with is in the midst of everything that I'm doing as busy as I am working a job now run, running while running a business and being a father and a husband in the midst of all of these things I've been reminded Gabe Find time for God. Let find time to get in the Word of God. Find time to to get in prayer, because out of all the things that I'm doing, as important as all of these things are, God has to be number one. And and I'm reminded of Psalms chapter 37 verse four, where it says to delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart so many times I've made the mistake of pursuing the desires of my heart without my heart delighting itself in the Lord and so as a result I found myself uh, overtaken or overwhelmed in vain pursuits and 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 while my spiritual walk my, my walk with the Lord is taking a hit and so um, I want to encourage you guys you know Let's keep God first in the way that he intended. And, 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 and the question that I ask myself, are, and, I, and I'm asking you guys today, are you being used by God or are you using God? Because there is a difference. I don't want to be the person who's trying to use God to get the things that I want because a lot of times we can make the mistake of confusing trying to use God as keeping God first when really we're treating him like a genie. <laughs> it says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that word delight means to take pleasure in what he takes pleasure in. And in the process of us delighting ourselves in the Lord, he begins to show us his heart. And as a result of us, of him showing us his heart, he begins to reveal the things that that are in us that are not like him. The things that he wants to take out of us that are not like him. He begins to show and, and make deposits in us as he takes the things out of us that's not like him. And then as a result, our heart becomes uh, unified with his and our desires become um, his desires become our desires. And so I want to encourage you guys today. But listen, I just wanted to drop that quick jewel on you guys because it was something that was really in my spirit. But listen, I want to play this interview real quick uh, featuring Steve Harvey. It's really quick. But Steve Harvey uh, shares his views on God and, and what he believes about God today. And I want to come back. This is it's so important, guys, it, it, because me of us don't realize <laughs> this is why I don't I don't I'm not quick to follow people 
on social media and stamp them as men and women of God. <clears throat> because a lot of times the things that we see on social media are just surface. I'm more, I'm more interested in learning who a person is when they're not in front of a camera. I'm curious to know the character of a person um, when, when no one is around. And, and sometimes what happens is we have, a, we have a tendency to put people on pedestals based off of the image that they have portrayed before us on television or, or the internet. And so what happens is these people are really pursuing success and, and, and all, all throughout their career, they're talking about God and how God is first. Not, and you're not realizing, I'm not realizing that the God that they're talking about is not even the God of the Bible. Even when they're saying Jesus, even when they're saying amen, even when they're when they know how to talk the church lingo and jargon, you know, because there's a lot of lot of um, personalities like a Steve Harvey um, who have came up with with a church following a big part of their come up in, in success and fame in the world was them capitalizing off of a church audience. Not saying that their entire audience was the church, but but a lot of times we 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 elevate people and help people reach success, not realizing that these people don't even believe in the God that we serve. But because these celebrities like this know how to talk the church talk, they know how to say amen. They're hosting gospel award shows and they're and they're singing the gospel songs. We begin to share their advice as if what they're preaching or teaching is actually rooted in the God of the Bible when really they're just capitalizing on an audience it's business but listen in all of this I've 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 felt a I've I have felt challenged like never before and burdened like never before to preach the gospel and share the gospel because people are lost and oh yeah hell is real I know we don't want to talk about hell no more but hell is real and people have gone there and are there right now and there are a lot of people that are on their way there and we have to have an urgency to share the gospel with people we can't be so caught up in ourselves and our our pursuits and ambitions, the, our businesses and our jobs and elevating our careers and, and things that we lose sight of the Great Commission. And that's to preach the gospel to all creation, to all creatures, and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Lord. Like we cannot lose sight of sharing Christ with people because we're so busy in ourselves. We're so busy with our, our pursuits and our desires. And so I wanna, I wanna share this interview real quick with Steve Harvey, and I'm gonna come back and give some commentary on it. But listen, I do not own the rights to this interview. Today, I want to tell you about a guy. You may know him for his comedy. You may know him for his mustache. But today, I want you to know him for his religion. Hey, I'm Steve Harvey, stand-up comedian, entertainer, television host, 
family man. But most importantly, I happen to be a man of faith. Steve is a very successful guy. He has made more money than he ever thought. He has become more famous than he ever thought. But at the same time, he managed to keep his relationship with God closer than ever. Why did you not lose faith as you became more successful? If I could make myself successful, I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> I would have skipped so many of the lessons I had to learn. But it's not that, it's a process. Success and happiness is a process, man. And in this process, I was very aware of the amount of faith that was needed. And as a matter of fact, it really took more faith than I even thought I had. See, oftentimes, people who are religious think their religion is right and everybody else is wrong. There is only one way to God. But Steve's faith is unique because it's really not about that. There's no one, one way to heaven, no one way to paradise. It's like television. Now it's over 800 channels of cable and they're all pretty entertaining. So I'm pretty sure, man, that to get to heaven, there's gotta be more than one route. And cause somebody watching another channel or taking another channel than you, they still getting entertained and they probably still getting to heaven. This isn't just talk. Steve lives by these words. He has three sons. Two of them, he gave them Christian names like Broderick, and one of them, he gave a Muslim name, Ali, as a sign of respect and appreciation for the Muslim religion and the Muslim culture. I named him Ali because I knew, I knew then. That he might be different. I knew. And you have no problems with it. No, because when you come here, you understand Islam is a religion of peace. Why you got a problem with peace? It's just a name, but it's a big step to showing respect to people of other cultures. What Steve did reminds me a lot of this mosque. This mosque in Abu Dhabi belongs to people in the Islamic faith. But as a sign of tolerance to the churches next to them, they renamed the mosque to Mary, Mother of Jesus Mosque. Can you imagine a mosque with the name Jesus on it? Yeah, the world could use a little bit more of that. It's just a name, but it's a big step to showing respect. You know, when I named my youngest son and I gave him the name Ali, I never really understood exactly what I was doing. I had a feeling about it. But now when I look at this name right here, and it says, Mary, the mother of Jesus Mosque, uh, it kind of gives me a little bit more of the understanding. Maybe it was something I didn't quite know at the time, but now it's starting to make a whole lot more sense. And it's not just about Christians and Muslims. It's about Christians, Muslims, Jews, and everybody else. At a time when religious intolerance is on the rise, we need many, many more of these mosques, many, many more of people like Steve. 
after hanging out with Steve for a week and visiting mosques, churches, and museums in the Emirates, I am convinced religious harmony, religious respect, religious tolerance is the most important thing. And we need to promote that every single day. So, so what was interesting about this interview, there's a lot of points I want to hit on in, in, in a short period of time. But one of the first things I want to hit on is how this video defined tolerance. Because what's interesting to me is how the world often defines tolerance is they define tolerance as acceptance. When tolerance and acceptance aren't the same thing. I can be tolerant and respect um, someone's view without actually accepting their view, meaning I can actually be tolerant of your view of God or, or, or politics while still being able to disagree with you. It's called respectful disagreement. And, and, and so I don't have to accept your belief to be tolerant of it. And so that was the one of the first things that stood out to me is um, as the video closed out, how there was a strong emphasis on pushing tolerance, but how their definition of tolerance or his definition of tolerance, the man that was giving the commentary, his definition of com uh, tolerance was actually acceptance. Another thing that stood out to me is the their their idea of unity being acceptance. Hey, there's many ways to God. We we can we we can just accept everything. And this is this kind of goes into what I talked about last show, how we can't make the mistake of thinking just because there's peace on earth because people are unifying that that means that that unity is a good unity. If this if unity denies scripture, if unity denies the person and the work of Christ, then we must believe and, and, and hold to the truth that that unity is evil. I must say that again, if if unity, the unity that is the object of our attention is a unity that denies the Christ of scripture. I don't care how happy and peaceful people appear to be. That unity is evil. It's an evil unity. And see, this is why in, in, in a point that Steve Harvey makes in his interview, he says, if it, who's against peace, who's going to be against peace? What's wrong with peace? Long as long as it brings peace, where in, in, in the Bible, in Matthew 10, Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. And he goes on to say in Matthew 10, 35, he says, for I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so the goal isn't 
the primary goal isn't peace, but righteousness. And so we want to share Christ with people, even if it causes offense, because it is loving to do so. It's not like if somebody's in the middle of the road and a truck is headed for them and the truck driver doesn't see them in the middle of the road and they don't see the truck coming at them. You're not going to say, oh, man, I would tell them to get out the road or yell. I would scream for them to get out the road, but I don't want to offend them. So I'm not going to say nothing. No, you will warn them and say, hey, there's a truck coming your way. Get out of the road. Even if it offends them because you care for their life. See, a lot of times we care more about our reputation than people's souls. And so we don't want to offend people because we want people to like us. When Jesus said, man, I understand. He says, you're going to be persecuted for my name's sake. He says, you're going to be you're going to be ridiculed for, for my name's sake. He says, I, I was persecuted. I went through. And, and because the servant is not greater than his master if I was persecuted, they're going to persecute you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. And it's not that we go out purposely trying to offend people because we're supposed to love people and share the truth and love. But the preaching of the cross, as the Bible says, is foolishness to them that perish. And so people will be offended of the message. And that's something that we can't always control but as I was just listening Steve Harvey goes on to say hey man there's many ways to heaven and one of the things that I thought of whenever I hear people say hey man long as you're a good person there's many ways to heaven one of the first things I think to myself is if there is more than one way to heaven that will make Jesus a liar And if Jesus is a liar, that would make him a sinner. And if Jesus sinned, that would disqualify him from being the perfect sacrifice for sin. And so the whole Christian worldview collapses if Jesus is a liar. (laughs) But I don't know about you. I don't believe Jesus to be a liar or a lunatic. But I believe when he said in John chapter 14, verse six, when I believe his words, when he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to God, the father, but by me. In other words, he's saying, I am the only way. I'm the only way. There's no other way. And when we look at John chapter 10, Jesus lets us know if you try to make it into heaven any other way besides going through him, he calls you a thief and a robber. If you try to, that means if you, if your way to heaven is through Allah or Buddha or Confucius or, 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 or God that you've made up in your own mind, he says that you are a thief and a robber. He also says that Narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. In other words, there's many ways to hell, but there's only one way to heaven. 
And when we say that, that's offensive to people. I've heard people say, man, man, that's offensive to think that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And they don't realize that their frame of thinking is actually offensive to God. Because while they're saying, man, that's offensive to think that that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That means that Muslims are going to hell. Buddhists are going to hell. What did G if Jesus listen, Jesus lets us know, he says, no man takes my life. This is what he says in the scriptures. He says, no man takes my life in John 10, 18. No man takes my life, but I lay it down. I lay my life down. And I have power to take it again. And we know, of course, he took it again because he got up. (laughs) No man takes my life. So in other words, Jesus didn't die to be an option to God. He died because he's the only way to God. And so this is important. Either I'm going to believe that Jesus is lying and, and, and you're telling the truth. Or I'm going to believe that Jesus is telling the truth and that you're lying. And to be honest, we as Christians have to be willing to offend people for the sake of not offending God. We have to care more about what God thinks than what people think. And this goes back to what I talked about in the beginning, delighting ourselves in the Lord. Because it's easy to fall to peer pressure and conform to the things around us. It's easy to conform to the world when you're not in your word like you should be, when you're not praying like you should be. And, 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 and what happens, it ultimately you begin to shape a God out of your own imagination, just like Steve Harvey has done. And as a result, you deny the God of Scripture, the true and living God. And so there is only one way. And and he is and that is through Christ Jesus. Repent and believe the gospel. And so I've heard the question and this kind of came up in the interview, too. He talked about it within the analogy of and he gave the analogy of many different channels and and how some people may not have heard about your religion but they they have their religion and so he believes that there are many ways to God and the question is often asked what about people who haven't heard the gospel and there's two particular passages of scripture that I go to and the first is is found in Acts chapter 17 verse 26 through 28 And this is why no person who has walked the face of the earth has an excuse. Christ died for all men. And in Acts chapter 17, verse 26 through 28, it says this. And and I want you guys to to study this scripture, study this whole chapter, if you will. But in verse 26 and catch this. Listen to me closely. Verse 26, it says, and he hath made referring to God. (laughs) 
hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. In other words, God determined where you would be born. He determined um, your social status. He determined your location that you would be born in, the family that you would be born in. It says he has determined the times before appointed. So even before your parents knew you, you were before you were even a thought to your parents, God knew you. That's powerful. He, it says he determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Verse 27, that they should seek the Lord. <clears throat> now, this is referring to all humanity. This is not just the people in, in America. This is the people in the middle of nowhere in the jungle. He says he has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord. If happily. They might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And as as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. God is just as close to me, you, as he is the person in the middle of nowhere. Or in other words, swap that, vice versa that. God is just as close as the person in the middle of the jungle who doesn't speak English as he is you and I. Because it is in him they live, move, and have their being. It's in him we live, move and have our being. And so Romans 1, 20 through 23 goes perfectly with that. For it says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So in other words, creation we as humanity see through creation that that God exists. Creation testifies of God's glory. And so as a result of us knowing that God exists and that that we are living because of him in, in him, we live, move and have our being that we are without excuse. We are without excuse because creation tells us that God is real. All we have to do is seek after him with a sincere heart. I never forget. I heard at a conference, a speaker that um, at a conference that I was performing at. The speaker says he said uh, he said something so powerful. He says when a person truly def desires truth desires truth desires to know who God is he says truth will find them and so as a result of creation de declaring his glory and his works we are without excuse verse 21 because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened 
professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And so in other words, instead of seeing God's creation and seeking after God, we created a God that looks like created things. That's powerful. And so humanity is without excuse. Before I close, one of the things I think is important moving moving on to the next point is uh, Steve also talked about success and what success is. And what's interesting to me is 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 how we define success biblically versus how the world defines success. See how we define success matters as believers. See, the world says success is having a family, fame, and money. While the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, that godliness with contentment is great gain. And so how we define success as believers is living a life that's pleasing to God walking in contentment, having a grateful heart, walking in the fruit of the spirit. All of these things are are how we should define success as believers, uh, using our gifts and talents unto the Lord, not walking in laziness, not uh, using excuses for us, not using our resources and our talents that God has given us. Remember in the in the parable of talents, God, uh, the, the, the God referred to the um, the servants who, who who didn't use their talents as 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 evil, <laughs> as wicked. And so using what we have to the glory of God and, and honoring God and in all and all things that we do. That is how we as believers are to de- are to define success, because Jesus makes it clear. He says, what does it profit a man to gain the world, but lose his soul? And so that would be applicable to Steve Harvey, who had who who is an example of worldly success. He has money. He has a beautiful family. He has a, a fame and investments, wealth. But on the other hand, he's saying that Jesus isn't the only way. And so, again, in the words of Christ, what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? And so really out of today's show, my goals were to really challenge us to become kingdom minded to become kingdom-minded. To I, I want to challenge everyone, share the gospel with someone. People are dying and on their way to hell, and there needs to be a sense of urgency in the body of Christ for souls. <laughs> Doesn't mean that we can't pursue different ideas and businesses and things of that nature 
But we have to have a kingdom mindset in terms of winning people to the Lord. Because the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And so we need more laborers. We need more people about the father's business. But listen, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Path of Revelation podcast. Make sure you guys go to pathofrevelationnow.com. You can leave your prayer requests, um, um, ideas for future shows. Um, There's merch there for you to purchase. Um, If you want to donate to the show or to the Path of Revelation ministry, our PayPal is pathofrevelationnow at gmail. Uh, dot com or you can cash at me Gabriel T Parker I have some awesome things in the works I'm working on my next project and it's coming sooner sooner than you guys think um, this time around <laughs> I'm, I've been actually getting production from other people I'm, I'm producing a few of the tracks my last album I produced every track on that album but this one I'm, I'm, I'm switching it up I'm getting production from a couple of other people and, it, and it's costing money so if you want to donate feel free to donate I just want to continue to produce quality Christian content for you guys whether it's through fashion music or just podcasting Uh, Keep me in prayer as I pray for you. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. And this is where the culture meets scripture.